There was a time and place that this university was feared. My goal as the head football coach at the University of Tennessee it is to get us back to that point. All right? Let me just quote the late, great Colonel Sanders. He said, I'm too drunk to face this chicken. What is that? That's what she said. Punched up in the end zone. It's tipped up. It's caught. It is caught. Jawan Jennings. Jawan Jennings. Good morning. Afternoon. Evening. Brunch time. Lunch time. Big Orange Caravan time. Get out your uh, get out your goggles to hear from Fort Rucker Studio time. We're all a little bit tired this time of year time. Whatever time of day it is, it's the right time for the Govals 24-7 podcast. The fun crew of Govals 24-7, which is Wes Rucker, Grant Ramey, and Patrick Brown coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Got Ryan. That's why I said it's the fun crew. Recording this on a Thursday night here at soggy Fort Rucker Studio. War destroyed Fort Rucker Studio. Actually, I think Fort Fort Rucker Studio is the only room in Fort Rucker that did not get soggy after a uh, little battle with the uh, plumbing and a in a 19th century house, fellas. Not pretty. I'm just over here enjoying some Brewsters. That's true. You Shout mean, out to Brewsters. Brewsters ice cream brought to you by the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Yes. So can for beat, the... Go, go ahead, Grant. Can't say can't beat free ad time. That's true. Can't beat free Personal ad time. endorsement. Personal endorsement by the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We're lucky here to be able to, to bring you this podcast this week. We had a... Some interesting battles with the plumbing in this house. Uh, a water pipe burst upstairs in a bathroom. And the pipe, because of a lazy plumber who didn't tie it off, fell down. Phew, straight down to in between the two floors of the house. And before we could get the water shut off, it pretty much destroyed the master bedroom, an upstairs bathroom, one little part of the living room. Guys... You've seen it. What do you think? Kind of a war zone, isn't it? Does not look fun. No, but you know what? I'll be honest. It's one of those things that you feel lucky that, you know, we have insurance. There are lots of people out there who don't, aren't fortunate enough to do that, so it could be a lot worse. We're recording this to you on a Thursday night, bringing it to you on a Friday morning. And since it's Thursday night, that means that uh, Grant and Pat are just now back from the Big Orange Caravan, the opening stop of this year's Big Orange Caravan in Chattanooga, the scenic city. I hate to miss that in my former stomping grounds, but TFP for life. Pat Brown was also there, so it wasn't too bad. Fellas, how was it? I know the caravan seems to be kind of the same thing every year, but this is Pruitt's first stop. Well, we did interviews in a bowling alley. That's a first. That is weird. Across the street from the football stadium. What was it called? Something social. Uh, Southside Social, just across the street from Finley Stadium, which is the home of UTC's football mocks and also the uh, minor league soccer team they have down there, which is a, gets a pretty pretty good following. Yeah, actually. they're actually really well supported down there. It's 
Th- their games are fun down there. Uh, and they're actually, I think there was a fatal shooting outside of this place in February. Well, this took a turn. <laughs> Escalated quickly. What? This the people uh, need to know. Well, but y'all made it out okay. Yeah, because we were there at like five o'clock. That's true. It only gets madhouse after dark. By the way, um, did, did your mother always say that nothing good happens after a certain time, two a.m. midnight? Depending, uh, on. I don't think my mom ever had that to say. She said a lot of things. I don't think Not she your mom, but just the listener's mom. Your mom, mom said nothing good happens after Will of Fortune, so I go to bed after Will of Fortune. <laughs> That's why Ramy goes to bed every night. This is this is weird when you see a Ramy like this out at night. It, it's like in the wild. It's like the Northern Lights or something. It's like you only get to see this. It's like a leap year. Kind of situation. An awake Ramey <laughs> in the wild. It's like a Rucker siding at 7 a.m. Yeah. You're like, basically, it is the same thing. It's like. Because we're both going home and going to bed. Yeah. It's like, it's like, don't, don't, don't poke him. Don't poke him. He's sleepwalking. Don't wake a sleepwalker. Don't wake a sleepwalker. Never a good thing. But guys, how, how was the, the caravan this, this year? We got a bunch to talk about with uh, Belle Biv Bavenport DeVoe, whatever her name is. Bev. She Bev. was she was poisoned to the University of Tennessee. There you go. See, boom. Shockingly, I shockingly, Philip Fulmer said there would be no effect with the change of leadership. Keep the momentum moving forward. Oh yeah. Shockingly, Jeremy Pruitt said no effect. Keep the momentum moving forward. <laughs> Jeremy Pruitt. What was her name again? I don't yeah, even know. Stability. Hey, he, <laughs> credit to him. He knew Wayne Davis's name and he knew Bev's name. Uh, e- either that or that's just good coaching. One of the two. Either Probably he was prepared really well or a little bit of both. He's like, what's her name? She had that the hair was kind of short. I, I don't I mean, you know, I don't know. She was nice enough. She's a, she's a little weird. Yeah, a little little bit weird. Says some things in public sometimes that you'd probably rather not hear. But other than that, you know, it's all great. So how how was how did Pruitt handle the situation? I think probably people more so than the the interviews that we'll get to the news from from all that here in a little bit, but just you know, I guess this is really one of the more public settings he's had to to speak to people in a large crowd like this. Of Tennessee fans, how did how did he handle that? Did he look comfortable? Was it scripted? What are what are some deets here? I think Pruitt is much more. I don't want to say comfortable, but he's more eloquent and elaborates more when he's talking to a crowd of fans than when he's talking to the media. That's interesting. Um. And maybe that's because, and maybe that's because the media we don't ask the best questions or we ask questions that he doesn't want to answer. That's true, okay. and that's not to say like I mean that's your fan base. Yeah, you're talking to your fan base. You're going to talk to them differently than you talk. To, I mean, he doesn't. He has one word answers for us if he feels like a one word answer, and that's because he feels like he doesn't need to, you know, talk us over onto his side or every time someone asks a question, like him or whatever. When you asked a question they didn't like, did he just yell fake news at you? Did he, he do that? He said uh, one one answer was just no. And, That's awesome. And somebody asked him to elaborate. This is when he's talking to us, not the fans. He said no, and somebody asked him to elaborate, and he just shook his head no. <laughs> I think and that... then he asked one of the TV guys, can you turn that light off? And the guy kind of laughed it off, and Pruitt just looked at him like, I wasn't joking. Can you turn that off? <laughs> Bro, it's awful bright. But, I mean, in front of the, on the stage, he does he does really well. He's Somebody asked him about Alabama, and he said, we need to worry about getting our stuff fixed and – and beat the teams we need to beat and, and get people focused on how they can beat us instead of we're focusing on how to beat other teams. And uh, talked about quarterbacks playing, and people asked him about Trey Smith, and he handled all that stuff well, I thought. Yeah, and the crowd seemed seem to be very engaged, and I 
you know, I guess in that in that setting, you're not going to go out and boo the coach. He's your the coach of your team. Yeah, but no, just just that in way interesting. Just in wake of what he said, um, after the spring game, I I don't know how much that resonated really. A lot of times, I think we sometimes get caught up in what a few people on on social media might say and think that well that that's what a big chunk of the fan base thinks. That's not true. The social media part of this fan base is a very small percentage of this fan base and so and too many people think it's too large a portion of the fan base i think that's another topic yeah i mean there's a lot of people there's a lot of tennessee fans out there that don't that aren't on twitter and aren't you know claiming to have gotten the greg shiono hire axed or there's a lot of tennessee fans out there that don't subscribe to our site or read our site or any of those things and so but yeah i mean he got a standing ovation he said a couple things that you know had people cheering he was you know greeted very well and I, I think he's good in those settings he was good in those settings in february west when we were at the mm-hmm. recruiting celebrations it seemed like they were hanging on every word he said and um and you know you always have that one fan at these things it's like coach i really like your energy you just get me really excited hey, for coach. football you know just and there was and there was that guy here tonight long time listener first time caller just want to say i think you're doing a great job no that that i don't have a question i just got comments yeah i just want to say you're doing a great job thanks thanks go vols vfl but if I think that for, for people who, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably not new to, to Jeremy Pruitt. So you're, you've probably been able to see him a little bit. You've seen him in a press conference or you've looked up a little bit on him. Uh, th- this, is not a, uh, this is not a hype man. So if you're looking for a guy who's going to be spending the offseason uh, trying to get out news out strategically to get everybody fired up and say certain things or this or that at the other time, he's not going to do that. This is not how – not how he rolls. Uh, and he's also, you can tell, like a lot of coaches, he's big on the whole competitive advantage, disadvantage situation. So if he does not have to answer something, he usually won't answer it. Uh, and I'll give him credit for usually telling you why he's not answering it. He'll say, I don't, you know, I don't want to answer that because I don't think that's going to help my team. You know, I, I appreciate that. That's a level of candor that we don't always see. But when you, when you talk about him answering questions with no or nah, that, that reminds me of the time that some poor reporters asked Robert former Gillespie. Tennessee running backs coach Robert Gillespie if he wanted to talk about Marlon Lane's injury. I think, I think it was a student journalist. Too. Yeah. Nope. Probably, I, probably a kid scared to death. Gillespie just looked at him and went, nah. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Up, well, update over. Nah. Well, I mean, you talked about his candor, Wes. I mean, Wouldn't that be funny to see on a quote sheet, like, just nah. But see, I, re- I respect the one-word no, even if it's a lie, the one-word lie, because some coaches, while sidestepping a question, use 300 words. He uses one word. Move it on. And and, and, and the, the, the question that we're talking about is uh, he was asked about if they are still evaluating the possibility of adding a grad transfer. Um, and it's Which, interesting. If you read Ron's story yeah, about the JUCO all not visiting anymore, yeah, and, why and, they canceled, and this, this comes, that obviously is false. Yeah, this comes less than 24 hours after Tennessee had a junior college offensive lineman. I think his name is David Swaby. Swaby. Anyways, this big kid down in Texas. They're going to bring him on a visit. And well, now, they're, now they're definitely not getting him because you don't know how to say his name. And then, well, he, job, they, they canceled his visit, and what he told Ryan was they've said they've already got another guy that's going to go there. so we're all just like all right who is it we're all like trying to you know text and ask people we know like you know what do you know about this what's going on we got to think it's a grad transfer just because they've done that route before and there's a few out there and there's two i think alabama grad transfers out there uh as well and so 
he gets it, Prudes gets asked tonight, are you still evaluating the possibility of grad transfer? He's no. Yeah, it was like somebody the other day. And so, and so he there was a follow up. So like, so are you evaluating? No. And, and if you're Tennessee, you, you and if you're Prudes, you don't want any you don't want anybody out there to know that you're scouring the ranks for a grad transfer because then someone else might be. Yeah, I think too. in a perfect world he would answer that by saying, "Ah, we don't we don't talk about that stuff." Also, but uh, just say no, <laughs> or just no. say no. In in related funny Jeremy Pruitt responses, I can't remember was in all the stuff that happened with Butch. Did seven on seven get axed at some point? No, yes. seven on seven was not a thing. Butch didn't want to do it because he was afraid they'd get hurt. Because he last... saw some study that said that they get hurt more doing okay, that. So I thought it was because he had a guy at Cincinnati get hurt. So while Pruitt's talking at the caravan to the media, some poor guy asked him, "You guys going to do seven on seven this summer?" And uh, it looks like the way the, Pru- <laughs> the way Pruitt looked at the guy was like he'd asked him, "Are you going to grow a beard?" In the next, <laughs> yeah. you know, before the season starts, you're going to have a mustache. I mean, he looked at him like, what are you asking this question for? Uh, and, and obviously the, qu- the answer was yes. He said everybody does seven on seven. We're going to do seven on seven. But uh, Was it like you showed him a plate of asparagus? It was, yes. It was very <laughs> much a what is that kind of. What is that? What is that kind of question? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 do, I, I do appreciate that candor. Uh, I think that, that it's pretty clear. When you read a quote from a kid that says they said they already have somebody else there, well, no coach is going to leave a spot open for a full year just to do it. That quote means pretty simply there's someone else that they've got for that spot to come in right now, unless the kid misspoke, which does happen, uh, or or at least they lied to that kid and they decided he wasn't very good, so they said, oh, no, we got somebody else for this spot. You know, there's a couple – plausible explanations for that but usually the the uh the most um you know the the most uh simplest answer is usually the right answer and i think that means that you know hey i don't care if you're gonna lie about little things like that i don't i mean is that even a lie in the coaching industry these days that's just that's just a coach being a coach and he had another couple no's uh one was not a nonverbal no he was asked if any players uh he actually gave an interesting answer about some of his post-spring meetings with players. He describes them as really positive, uh, saying that, you know, it's good for both sides, both myself as the coach and these players, to understand where they are, where they need to, you know, what they need to work on in the summer. Uh, he said that he felt, you know, and, and we've seen this a couple times from him since spring practice ended where he was like, you know, he was really negative after the spring game, but then since then he's kind of backed off that and said that, hey, it's not as bad as I thought. This was along those lines as well. Then he gets asked, well, did any of those players – let you know, you know, tell you they were going to transfer during those meetings. He said he just shook his head. And, you know, the spring semester ended this week. Um, and if there were guys that were going to be leaving, they, this would have been probably the week to do it. Yeah. And yet no one has at least publicly come out and said, hey, I'm, I'm leaving. And a lot of people thought, and myself included, I'll be honest, thought there'd be a few guys leaving because this is a new staff that has not messed around. <laughs> um, if not cared if they ruffled feathers or made people mad. And um, if you're not part of them if you're not you know it's their way or the highway so yeah i, I mean either, I, you're either involved or you're not moving forward <laughs> you're either involved and moving forward or you're not but i i, I mean I, I don't i don't want to belabor this point but but i do I, I did hear that maybe one of his nas was when uh grant ramey said do you want to high five and he just went no nah. <laughs> that's what i heard one of the nas was i don't know I don't know that I know that, but I uh, let's just say I heard that from a from a source. Um, a couple things that were actual notes from that event, guys. It seems like 
the obvious question came up at some point regarding Trey Smith, and the background here is, well, first off, it, it's pretty obvious that this is going to be a question any time that, that Jeremy Pruitt speaks in any sort of situation. Until, there, until he says one way or the other he's yes. cleared or he's not. When the best player on your team is in limbo and it's a five-star in-state prospect uh, that was a freshman All-American, one of the better linemen in the SEC last season, people are going to want to know this. That's 100% obvious. And Pruitt probably understands that, so he probably goes into every day with his uh, answers prepared for that, I would imagine, um, if he would have gotten that that professional coach that, that Bev didn't get that, that she probably should have gotten. A little more on that later. but That's what we call a tease in the business. Yeah, there's a, there's a professional teaser for you. Uh, but he did say something anyway, didn't he, Pat? I mean, he, or Grant, I mean, whoever wants to take it. He, he did. He was asked about it and said uh, a really eloquent way of saying nothing. It was, a, it was a positive update that did not reveal whether or not he's going to play this year, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Uh, he said that sort of just a roundabout way of saying that, you know, this time of year is uh, we can't make him do mandatory workouts. That's pretty standard, but we have to have somebody – in the weight room supervising them if they are working out. And that person has told me that Trey's been in there every day, is what he said. <laughs> the uh, coaches who never see anything, even though they see everything. Uh, oh, I mean, I heard they're in there, you know, doing <laughs> doing this specific. My office is look, overlooking the weight room, but I, you know. Unless you're a coach that some th- something has gone wrong in your program, and then I can't see everything. I'm yeah. just one person. Guys, what do you want me to do? I, can't, I mean, I can't be everywhere all the time. Rick Pitino, yeah. talking to you, buddy. Yeah, what do you want me to what do? You, guys, what do you, what, how many people work here? I don't, I don't even know some of their names. Yeah, that, that, that could happen. Uh, anyways, the, the wrap-up of, of Pruitt's quote on, of this answer on Trey was, quote, he's feeling great and he's ready to go to work, close quote. Hmm. So it's an answer and non-answer. This is where you're supposed to go, but what does it mean? Yes, it's a committal, non-committal. It's a bunch of nothing. He's working, but we don't know if he's working Sounds towards... positive, but... <laughs> yeah. Trey's a great kid out there doing everything he can do every day. You know, heard nothing. People still great things. He, you know, his academic counselors love him too. I mean, everybody loves Trey. You know, basically. They also don't want to make Trey mad because he will eat them. That's true. Now, the backstory with this though, and this what is what makes it doubly interesting, is that for a brief moment in time, <laughs> screenshots live forever. Screenshots and, and cache versions sc- are out there forever. I think I still have the screenshot on my phone. We are at our twenty four seven sports uh, summit or annual conference, whatever it is you want to call it. We're kicking back, right? There's nothing going on. You know, it, it, it's, it's, this thing is specifically designed for the least newsy time of the year. So even at Tennessee, nothing usually happens maybe like on these couple of days. It's a really – Well, except low. for the time we were in the car and the chancellor got removed. Yeah. On, on, the, way, <laughs> on the way to said conference. On the way to this conference, um, the, the, the topic du jour, uh, the sounds good, I'll have that version uh, – Topic for this podcast, the whole Davenport thing, which happened, and this is when you know you're at, you cover Tennessee for a while. When you're in the car with four longtime Tennessee beat writers who all look at each other and go, meh, when the chancellor's, you know, Abru- abruptly demoted. Yes. Yeah. You go, meh, I don't know. Does it even move the needle? I don't, I don't know. I guess we need to get a story on this. So I'll get going. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, now did she get arrested? Uh, you know, is there some sort of a, some sort of like an affair that like prominently involves some other sort of like official somewhere, or did they get arrested? Were they trying to rob a pilot convenience store near campus with pellet guns? Or, or you know, it's like if if, it, if shout out to New Keys, yeah. Was anything actually on fire? Um, now was she the one who who flooded the 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 house here at Rucker? 
uh, Fort Rucker studio. You know, th- there's all sorts of questions, but that happened on the way there. And then on right before we leave, it's Thursday at, night, we're at this banquet, right? Nothing's going on. We're kicking back with our coworkers. We're sitting there having a nice dinner. Uh, we sat at the table with the uh, with one of the guys who covers Bama, with some of the uh, UCLA people, some of the Stanford people. We're just having a, having a nice old time. And then Trey Smith tweets, "Clear now." That's it. Grant, this is where you come in. Could mean everything. Could mean nothing. Could have been could have been a rap lyric for all I know. I don't ever really know. Social media is really great for people making clear points that but, there's no <clears throat> there's no gray area. It's real black and white. Yeah, including with really the word tell clear. What these kids are picking, uh, especially when they're 18, 19, 20 year old kids. And then it got deleted or whatever. Yeah, and this comes off the heels of um, he quote tweeted a Jared Garantano tweet. Now we're getting into quote tweets. We're, Here we're, go. we're, we're way over analyzing. We're, we're into QTs now. Uh, Garantano tweeted, like, I can't wait for September 1st, which is the date of Tennessee's opener against West Virginia. And then Trey quote tweets it and says, I can. Uh, he <laughs> might have just been messing with Garantano, but everybody was like, Right. I tweet mean stuff at West, but I don't mean it. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, it doesn't what does it really mean? mean? It really doesn't mean it. What does it mean he can wait? Why can he wait? Yeah, we um, say mean stuff about Ryan, and we only kind of mean it. Well, we we yeah, it, we mean, had a we had a thread on our board about kinda. I think each of these tweets, and I responded with one of them, the GIF of uh, SpongeBob SquarePants and Patrick running back and forth across the room in panic. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the best way to describe when a player tweets something cryptic like that. It's like, it's like what does it mean? And we're all He's clear, and we're all sitting there going. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, what are we going to do now? And then apparently it was deleted just a little bit later. So then it's like, okay, why did he tweet it? What did it mean? Why was it deleted? So now we're trying to be sleuths about this and figure this out. I still, I mean, if I had to guess, it was probably a text message or a direct message that he was trying to send to someone, and it came out as a tweet, a uh, public tweet. I, I, it, that's the best thing I can This isn't of. the first time this has happened, though, with some of Tennessee's players. Lante Taylor tweeted some stuff out about, like, he wanted to win the – uh, I think it's the Jack Tatum Award that goes to like the best college defensive back, and then he tweeted something about uh, one of the cornerbacks that got drafted in the top ten. And both tweets got deleted. And I'm wondering if like, like, hey, we don't we don't want him to know we don't want him tweeting out that he's going to be playing on defense now or whatever. It's just you know, both those went were there and then they went away. I think we need to move on from talking about player tweets. No, but I'm just saying like, really? we we can sit here all day long, and we have in some cases tried to sit here for days at a time and said, listen, guys, they're just player tweets. They don't necessarily mean something, yada, yada, yada. But we can say that all day long. Fans are still going to make of it what they want. Especially this time of year. Yeah. I mean, it's just anything. Anything is a big story this time of year. I got my degree in journalism, so I could analyze tweets. So yeah. That's why you're just a back big, it down over big there. J journalism. Big J, capital so J. After the journalism. podcast, I'm going to need somebody to explain cachets to me because I've never got that. <laughs> yeah. My brain's not big enough to wrap around. Was well, that, is it cash, catchy, cachet? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Is that like a dessert of some kind? Like, I don't really know what that is. It took a while for them to stretch the internet up there. <laughs> yeah. Is that French? I don't, I don't know. The internet's the in- world. Well, I mean, they're Al Gore's internet, so it's in the state of Tennessee, so you know, that's a good thing. I'm going to need some help. I'm not very smart. So the bottom line is we don't know. However, <laughs> we, we, <don't. laughs> we have continued to say, I, I think our, our our official, our unofficial, official, officially unofficial, Go Vols 24-7 stance. a lot of stance. officials and unofficials. Yeah, it, just like tweets, Patrick. They can mean anything. 
uh, is that everything looks pretty decent. Uh, things looking pretty solid there, but no one needs to assume anything just yet. Is that our stance? That's been my stance for a while. I thought that was our stance our across stance the board. Is shrug. It sounded positive. <laughs> Uh, but are you saying like right now? You, maybe, think, he, you maybe, think he plays next year? Maybe it was. Maybe it wasn't. Back to you. <laughs> Do you think he plays next year? Is that, is that what our stance is? I mean, if you only get two choices, and that's it, yes or no, I would not feel very comfortable either way. But I would say yes. I guess I, if he's working out every day and going through workouts, maybe on he the just side, wants to be a super fit person. I, I don't. I mean, maybe there's a contact element that's part of his. Ramey works out every day. Is there any reason for that? Uh, just to get away from my kids. Yeah, see? And well, it nearly killed him today. That's true. That could have burned... We, we, that's another story. We were not going to not discuss that, but that was going to come up in another point. But, but so now, Pat, you're saying this is not our officially, unofficial, unofficial, unofficially stance. Is that... No, I mean, I'm saying I think he probably ends up playing too, but at the same time, it's Tennessee. When does Tennessee ever have this situation come out in Tennessee's favor? It's just they're snake-bitten. <sighs> A little bit, yeah. And you hate it because Trey is a great kid who's got, you know, he could have gone and made millions of dollars this year. Yep. Um, he would have been Tennessee's highest draft pick probably. I don't want to say probably. He would have been. Yeah. Um, I'll say this. If it comes down to something like that, it is a really, really sad story. Yes. Also a partially happy story because it, if it's a big problem like that and it can't be corrected – uh, at least they found yeah. it now because, you know, we talk about football and all these other things, but, you know, kids got a family and that family's already been through plenty. So, you know, that that would be uh, a terrible situation. So I still think that that things look better than not. You know, they look better than they're not good. Yeah. They're, and, they're, they're and okay. I, and I'm not saying he he's not going to play, but I would, you know, Tennessee fans like to say that they always have their cups on. I would just keep my cup on yeah, if I was your, a Tennessee fan. Put your cup on for Tennessee today. Let's see. Couple. That's not what the sign says. Other, other, couple other things uh, from the caravan. Anything of note? Anything basketball, uh, football, recruiting? Oh, we should mention uh, house cleaning. Mark your calendars for August third. That's when Tennessee will start practice. That's a Friday, and then two days later they will have their fan day that they didn't have in, before the spring game. Uh, that's going to be on a Sunday, August fifth. August fifth, second uh, day of camp. They'll uh, be in shorts and shells. You'll see nothing. Yeah. Well, but you will see all the practice because it will be open. Uh, that according to Jeremy Pruitt, who was just asked by a random fan, when's the fan day going to be? And Pruitt was ready for it. I was I was kind of was surprised that he came ready with the date. Um, but, yeah, uh, that's going to be August 5th. It's a Sunday. He said that they will practice. The practice will be open to fans. And after practice is over, they'll, the players will go up uh, into tables, I guess, maybe in the concourse, maybe around the field. I don't know. Uh, and they'll have an autograph session then. And in completely unrelated news to that, I've just now decided as of about – 30 seconds ago that uh, my wedding has been moved from June 9th to August 1st. So uh, you guys will enjoy the first week of camp. Good luck with that. I don't think your wife's going to let that fly. Yeah, probably Well, not. she's not your wife yet. Your future wife. Yeah, we've already booked everything, too. That would be really expensive. You better pull the trigger before she changes her mind. That's You're damn right about that. If Was there anything that came up today? I think some basketball stuff came up. Oh, Admiral Schofield's had three NBA workouts with the Milwaukee Bucks, the Brooklyn Nets, and the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, and it sounds like there's going to be another one with the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, and the feedback has been uh, – the feedback he gave Rick Barnes from those workouts, Admiral himself, was that the things they're working on at Tennessee, developing his parts of 
parts of his game are what those NBA teams are looking for in him, which is a really good sign for him. But everything Rick said tonight, he was talking about. Uh, when Admiral's going to go through this again next year, and when when Admiral does yeah. this for real and all this stuff, I mean, he's I would be stunned, I would fall over shocked if he left, actually left. So he's coming back. I, yeah, I think the consensus from from day one has been, barring something drastic happening, he would be back because this is a guy who. You know, and you can't even make the argument that he is not going to continue getting better. Because some guys, they come out, it's like, well, he's ready or he's not, but this is as good as he's going to get. I I think when you see the way that Schofield has improved throughout his career and you watch the way that he played during this season, you can sit there and say, well, I'm not going to sit here and assume that he can't get better because he obviously he carried that team. I mean, Grant Williams deservedly won every award imaginable, including – uh, congratulations, Grant Williams. He was also named the uh, Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame Male Athlete of the Year, uh, which is a really nice honor. Um, but Admiral Schofield was the best player on that team late in the season, and, and it was clear. And, and so I think that when you look at just the if, – if you just extrapolate the the way that he played toward the end of the season and it's you keep that word. going. Okay, if he continues to improve on, at the same Google rate, real quick. if you continue to see him improve at the same rate, which he's been improving, then he could make himself some money in the future. Uh, because of his size, he's always going to be kind of a tweener, and that's just how it is. But, hey, you know, NBA coaches these days are getting pretty darn good at figuring out how to use different kinds of players, and you never know. As, as the NBA guy here, first of all, I, w- I would advise Admiral not to take too much of the advice from the teams he's worked out for because uh, if you're looking for not NBA coaches of the year, Billy Donovan's one of them. You had Russ, Joe Carmelo. Prunty. You had Bru- you had Russ, Carmelo, and Paul George on your team, and you lost in the first round to Utah. Uh, Quinn- Donovan Mitchell's pretty good though. They got some. They got yeah, some Quinn Snyder. Quinn Snyder's the man. He coached he coached circles around Billy. Uh, the Bucks have uh, Grant's boy. What's his name? Joe Prunty. Another talent squander. You have Giannis and Eric Bledsoe on your team, uh, and then the the Nets have been awful forever, uh, and then. Who's the other team? Charlotte. Charlotte just hired a coach. Yeah, they, so. I mean, they're, they're, a Spurs coach. I'd listen to that guy. They're not going to be working somebody out if they don't have the coach in the city. Uh, but but Admiral, he's an he's probably the best NBA prospect because he can he's got range. Um, to me, he yeah, can do it's a lot it's of different a, stuff, and he can do a yeah, lot of different stuff. He can, above average. Uh, he, you know, I don't know if he he can maybe guard a stretch four. You know, if you can guard multiple positions and you can knock down shots. I mean, we saw with Josh Richardson. Yeah, I still, you know, if you can play multiple positions and guard multiple positions and hit shots consistently, you got a chance. You know, it's easy to sit here and play this game and and, and imagine that the the youngest guys are are going to eventually be better than the older guys because that's what people have done since the beginning of sports. You just always say, "Man, this guy, he's got two or three more years to get better. Look how good he could be." When really, you, you've already got a really great player as a senior who you know uh, is better than that other kid's ever going to be. But I still thought for a lot of last season just with what we could watch in practice and and we do get some access there I still think that I you could make an argument to me that the two best professional prospects on that team were two guys who rarely played and that was Eve Pons and Jalen Johnson I think the athleticism on both of those kids and they've got shooting touch too they're both exceptionally hard workers uh, and they're both they're not just athletic they're like both freakishly athletic for for kids that size and 
uh, both left-handed, which is, you know, you ask any basketball player, they really don't like guarding a left-hander. Uh, there's just all kinds of things that those kids have that I could see in a couple of years that being them being some special players. But uh, Admiral Schofield really opened some eyes late in the season. And it, when you talk to, you know, y- you go listen to coaches from other programs and even fans uh, of other programs. And, like, you ask those Kentucky fans, they were telling you by the end of the year, man, Williams is great, but I just don't want to see Schofield again. I just don't want to see that kid anymore because he's lethal. And, yeah, I think that if he can use that momentum going forward, uh, kind of try to make that his team in, in a way, uh, I think that would be big because Tennessee's been waiting for someone to kind of step out front and, and lead that charge. And, you know, Lamonte Turner has some of that in him. Um, Grant Williams isn't really a natural in that way uh, for all the things he does well. I think Schofield does have some of those tendencies. If he if he harnesses it and channels it the right way, mm-hmm. he's got the passion to, to I, do something. I mean, something. You, you hit on it that, that Grant Williams was – he was deserving of the honors he won. But when you look at Admiral, what he did over the last two months of the season, yeah. the number of 20-point games he strung together, the, the the way he was scoring, rebounding, doing a little bit of everything, uh, and doing that consistently, he was the best player on the team by leaps and bounds for those yeah. final two-week stretch or two-month stretch, whatever it was, uh, eight, ten games, something like that. And that's basically what I asked for. And I uh, didn't use any big words like uh, extrapolation or uh, – <laughs> I talked Tri-Cities to Hickory, and he understood it. (laughs) The annexation uh, of Puerto Rico. No, it was uh, just how how much better can he be than what he was that that closing stretch where he was so impressive, and he basically said uh, he'll put in the work. You you don't have to worry about that. It's it's how you're getting the most out of that time, and that was kind of a general theme for the rest of the team is they're not the same team they were last year, even if they have 12 of 11 or 13 guys coming back right now. Uh, they have to spend their time better in the gym. They have to start from day one. There's no getting back into shape. They're diving back in uh, head first. They need to be in shape uh, when they come in to, to restart stuff. But uh, uh, other other house cle- uh, cleaning stuff, uh, They did. he did say they expect to fill the other scholarship in the 2018 recruiting class, which mm-hmm. uh, if you look at it, they don't have a ton of guys at this point that they're still involved with that are in the 2018 in- class. Invo- involved. Involved. In- involved with. Moving with. forward. But um, I'm, it's interesting going to see what happens there. Obviously, Quan Four, they, the, the Richmond grad transfer, he's in for one of those scholarships, but we couldn't talk about him uh, at the caravan because he hasn't signed or hasn't announced the signing yet. Tennessee hasn't. He's like, hypothetically speaking, let's say that we signed a player named John Dore. He actually got asked he about him. He would be. And he had to, like, peek around the reporters and say, can I talk about that guy? And they're like, no. And he said, okay, I can't talk about him. And then he got asked about it on stage, and he said, well, I think you all know that one scholarship's filled, and we're going to fill the other one. So uh, that's newsy, uh, and that's about it. So before we move on to talk about what this whole uh, Davenport thing means, and again, if, you're, if, you're, if you listened last week, that was just me kind of blathering on as a one-man show because of a schedule issue that we had, but we'll all be able to talk about it a little bit more in-depth this episode, so you will hear me. Uh, hear not just me talk about that subject. We will hear various opinions, which will be nice. Uh, certainly, I don't even like hearing my own voice. But a couple other quick things. Uh, Tennessee, uh, Athlon did say Tennessee had the ninth toughest SEC non-conference schedule, which might surprise some people because, like, hey, they play West Virginia to start the season. Yeah, they do, but then they play a bunch of slop. So that is – What you hating on the ETSU Bucks for? Buck yeah, Wes. Well, here's, Hashtag buck yeah. Here's the thing. 
That's not a team that Tennessee should lose to. That's a team that played Maryville College two years ago, and now they're coming to Neyland Stadium. Yeah, <laughs> which is pretty crazy. It, we, we we've seen uh, USA also, Today did a, a one to one thirty FBS ranking, and you know the ESPN Football Power Index also did a one to one thirty. Uh, UTEP is last, I think, at both of those. Zero yeah. twelve last year, they went zero twelve. Charlotte won yeah. one game. Somehow they beat UAB in overtime. UAB went eight and five last year. But did they know that Chico is there now? So that's two teams that went one and twenty. Picks up, baby. I don't think Chico even went home. I think he was just in the airport. He took off his Tennessee shirt. He put on a UTEP shirt, and he just flew on to whatever recruit he was going to see. He was sitting there. He was he was in a store, and he was like, who else wears orange? Uh, Miami, no. Can't do the job there. Florida, no. Uh, and it was a Nike Miami. Syrac- Syracuse, no. Uh, UTEP. How about UTEP? And they were like, yeah, why not? And bless his heart, the stuff he said last year, we got to wake the sleeping giant at Tennessee. He's saying it at UTEP. So <laughs> apparently, there's a giant somewhere over there asleep. Do you think in their uh, recruiting? waking up. Do you think in their recruiting guide they they say this is the closest FBS program to uh, Juarez, Mexico, which is a great city where nothing bad ever happens? I don't. I don't think that's going to be in there. With nice views of the mountains. Yeah, they're like, have you seen Sicario? I don't know. It's great. Send your ki- send your kids here. It's it's super great. Nothing bad ever happens. Yeah, I mean it's not going to be fun on September first because that's a pretty good West Virginia team with a pretty good quarterback uh, that's won some games over the years and a really good wide receiver too, who is a great NFL prospect. It has a great story too. That Sills guy. I hope that uh, you know we'll bring on some West Virginia beat writers and stuff. A good friend of mine, actually a, a former former coworker in Chattanooga, Alan Taylor, who now covers uh, West Virginia uh, football. He is. Uh, hopefully we'll bring him and some other guys on. And Sills is a really good story because he came to West Virginia as a, you know, going to be a wide receiver. And then he decides he wants to go to JUCO because he wants to play quarterback. And then after going to that JUCO for a year, he goes, wait, hold on. I think I'm actually a, uh, maybe a, maybe the coaches are white. Maybe, maybe I am a wide receiver. Transfers back to his original school and goes back to playing wide receiver and catches like 17 touchdowns in a, in a season, which is – 18. 18, which is just – even for that offense, that's just ridiculous. But I'm, to take I, the, I'm sorry, I knew, I knew that. I voted for the Bolitnikoff Award winner, or the Bolitnikoff Award, and I think he was a finalist. I didn't turn in my ballot. I forgot. Good job, Wes. Anthony Miller should have won it. It's only May. Maybe you still have time. <laughs> yeah. can, is, is it too late? Can I, get my, can I get my ballot in now? But My house flooded. Does that count? To circle back around, they're ninth in the SEC in non-conference schedule, according yeah. to that ranking. That's what Tennessee needs right now. Yeah. I mean, West Virginia's good. Everybody else is bad. That's what Tennessee needs for a while. Yeah, and it's, it's going to make for some bad home games. Sorry if you're a season ticket holder, but they're rebuilding. You got to, you got to rebuild. That's yeah, how you do it. And, you and, you and play the, the sisters of the poor. You pay them to beat them. And I would imagine that when you look at the, you could not draw up a more difficult schedule for an SEC East team this season. Drawing the two best teams, arguably the two best teams in the West. You know, it, 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 it it's just not a, it, it's just it's a really tough SEC. Uh, really, really tough SEC schedule, even for the SEC. And, and I, I mean, will you, say you that play the two divi- reigning divisional champions back to back, and the only consolation prize is you get a bye week in between. Yeah, that's I mean, just more time to think about it. Almost it, West Virginia <laughs> went seven and six last year, by the way. Now, granted, it's because they lost Will Greer. I think at one point they were very much in the mix to win the Big Twelve. Yeah, played the last, didn't play the last like three games basically. Will yeah, Greer dove for the pylon and he had that old and, and ninety and degree point. His, his finger yeah. was going the wrong way. Like I don't think that. Are, are you triple jointed or, or is a, that is that a, bad? He had a turn signal. But uh, the point is, people forget now that SEC teams do have to schedule one Power Five team each. So SEC schedules are, 
you know, going Tennessee's not the only SEC team that's going to go out and play some people now. Like you kind of have to. Uh, and aside from that, you know, it, it's just it's the schedule Tennessee needs to play because you look at the SEC schedule and you go. Ugh. So that with all that out of the way, have we cleared the deck sufficiently? Or should we let's throw out a let's throw out a quick shout out to the Tennessee baseball team. It did uh, win its second second series of the season against like a top 15 team took two of three from uh, number 13 Kentucky last weekend. It was a, a great story. A kid who Brandon Chinea, who's a, a sophomore who's about five foot eight, 155 pounds. Uh, he came into the game hitting like 130 something hits a two run bomb to beat Kentucky and win the series and little old Tennessee. Now plucky Tennessee uh, is basically now it's in the SEC tournament if the season ended today. And it's only two games out of, like, fourth place overall in the league. That That's how crazy the SEC is in baseball. So this team, it's, it's got a – Vanderbilt's not having a typical kind of Vanderbilt season. Tennessee plays, gets Vandy at home this weekend for three games and then travels to Missouri, which is a team – Missouri. Missouri, which is ranked below Tennessee right now in the SEC standing. So Tennessee – you know, has a decent chance to go to the tournament, and it's right there near 500 in SEC play. And I tell you, with what that Tony Vitello guy's got to work with, uh, he it's kind of flown under the radar, and that's a shame because there's been so much other stuff with a new On football the coach. The radar is so crowded at Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, you had you had a you had a histor- you had a really good basketball season. Uh, you had a uh, the the coaching search from hell. You had uh, a, you had a spring practice. This is a family podcast. Uh, yeah, I think you can say that word. The search from H-E double hockey sticks. <laughs> yeah, I didn't say. Ooh, don't talk about hockey right now. <laughs> the, Sorry. The, the, the search from bleep and bleep. Uh, but you had that going on. You had uh, the first spring under a new football coach. You had, oh, hey, look, another firing now the chancellor. There's just been so much stuff. And, and it's kind of flown under the radar that, that this Vitello cat, uh, he has done a really nice job, and it's, people just give the coach question, uh, credit, not the players. Players also have done a really nice job. They've been battled, they've been battling, they've been in there, they've been in every game, basically. His uh, team is chicken parm when he orders chicken parm. Yeah, it's basically. not a cheeseburger with sour cream on it and cheese, which he randomly referenced. And, and he had one of the he had one of the better quotes of the year when he said, uh, "You know, we just channeled our inner Rick Barnes and took two of three from Kentucky." So, uh, you know, Kentucky really sneaky is. Sneaky good coach of the year. you don't get them in the SEC tournament. You know, yeah. Kentucky is really sort of taking it. They've had to they've had to deal with it for beating Tennessee in football. Yeah. Swept in the basket. You know, I know they won the tournament, but that, was, that game didn't mean anything. Uh, sw- swept in the regular season, and then. Tennessee took the baseball series. Classic Tennessee baseball. Classic Tennessee athletics. Even when they're playing, punching above their weight, there's two games where you wonder what could have been that. LSU collapse on Sunday afternoon yeah. where it was like a six-run lead, maybe the seventh, eighth, some, I don't know what it was. I mean, there, there's magic in Alex Box Stadium sometimes, but still, like, and, man. And, and, like, the second game, Florida, Florida came back and beat them yeah. that series uh, in that second game, something like that. So if they win those two games, where are they? But, yeah, uh, kudos to to Tony and his, his chicken parm team because they are they – are yeah, yeah, And apparently he went, he went at the umpires last week with some piss and vinegar. Yeah, and he got he got uh, a two game. He got that's not the first time he's been run this season. He got a two game suspension, and his pitching coach also got ejected. So they won that final game against Kentucky with the hitting coach basically serving as the de facto and head coach. And, and I guess they'll both be out for Vanderbilt. Uh, just Vitello will be out for the first game. 
uh, and then the pitching coach only got a one game. So, uh, but I like it. I mean, this guy, he, he's a young guy. His players, you talk to any of his players, you'll see how much respect they have for the guy, how hard they play for him. He lets them have facial hair, which is nice because the previous staff uh, didn't. Uh, and I think having facial hair helps a baseball team a good bit. Uh, but I, I just I think it's you don't want to have a parade for it's really a team. hurt the Yankees over the years. Yeah, it's just it's been really tough for them. You know, they're just the the, the beleaguered New York but Yankees. But I digress. Go ahead. Yeah, just you don't want to. You're not going to have a parade for a team that's oh, you know, thirteen or you know, eleventh, twelfth in the SEC. But uh, the SEC is absolutely brutal in baseball, and with what he's got to work with, he's also kind of tearing it up on the recruiting trail. Uh, he, he he's doing a lot of good things. This is going to be. Um, I think maybe this is one that Tennessee got right. Although, uh, caveat, we have said that before about other sports, and we have been horrendously wrong. So maybe we're not the best to ask about that. Okay, main course time, fellas, before we get out of here later. Uh, This is very Tennessee. Uh, You've got a situation where it finally looks like there's some stability going on. Okay, you know, old blue eyes, Philip Fulmer comes back and he's going to right the situation from all that, oh, get you back out of those rough waters that you were in and all these other things. And, uh, hey, everybody's point, pulling in the right direction. Everybody's pulling, you know, everybody's rowing the boat. Everything's looking good. And then what? Uh, Chancellor demoted with the most comically, I don't want to say it probably wasn't comic, comical for Davenport's family, but one of the most epically crushing uh, demotion letters you will ever see put seven reasons on the record just man that's like the new netflix series seven reasons why i fired you uh yeah it's like tennessee went uh the, the counter of days it's been since something crazy happened it got too high and they're <laughs> yeah. like all right let's get this thing back down to zero yeah. it has been it has been 34 days since uh, something really really crazy happened you know if if you know, if if someone if if I were to get fired and there would be seven reasons published about why I was fired, about why I was bad at my job or whatever, um, it wouldn't feel that bad if I was getting four hundred forty thousand dollars for the next four years to teach communication. Even though you're bad at communicating, yeah. Allegedly, when when one of the seven reasons prominently mentioned among your seven reasons why you were terrible was that you were a poor communicator. So to be demoted, you will be a professor of communication. So congratulations, all you communication uh, Tennessee graduates out there. Your, the value of your diploma is just skyrocketing. But I yeah. think all three of us are proud alumni of the College of Communication Information. That is true. Circle Park for life. Yeah. And how could you devalue these education? Look, look, at, look, at, this, look yeah, at these three guys. We're big J journalists over here. I don't know, I don't, I don't know what extrapolate means, and I don't know what cachets are. But other than that, I mean, you know, you, you probably know more words than don't know words, right? I write real goodly. Yeah. You know, I write super good, hard, go hard to the hole every time. You As know, my daughter would say, "I'm the betterest." Yeah, duh, deal with it. She's three. Don't judge her. Four. Ha- hashtag four. diva. Don't judge me. <laughs> a, I mean, how many chancellors, athletic directors, head coaches have there been over the last seven, eight years? Uh, uh, I had that written last week, and now I don't remember what it is. But it's, it's a lot. At some point, it goes above the chancellor because obviously. Those hires aren't going well either. I mean, the, the, and it, the athletic director hires the head coach. The chancellor hires the athletic director. The chancellor is hired by I don't know who. President. The president. The board. The board. I mean, so there's there's more problems going up the ladder, obviously, when there's this much turnover because it's not normal. This is what Tennessee's known for. They've become known <laughs> since 10, 11, whatever year it was. 
they started making changes that this doesn't work. It's not working. It's I, not come close to working. I started officially like full time on this beat in 2011, and let's see. Since then, at that point, Mike Hamilton was the AD, and then it went to Hart. Bumped into him at Tennessee's uh, commencement ceremony. My brother graduated, huh. uh, I guess you could call it today. And, and I was walking down the, the corridors at Thompson Bowl, and I was like, huh, oh, here is Mike Hamilton. How about that? Was John Curry there? What's up, Hambone? Uh, no, I did not see John Curry there. Continue your point. I just uh, wanted to bring that up. Yeah, so, you know, you're, two years ago, I think Dave Hart was still the AD, and now you're on your third different AD. Um, fourth football coach since Philip Fulmer was fired, right? Mm-hmm. Lane Derrick Butch Pruitt. And this is and Rick is the third basketball coach since when he was hired. He was the third coach in three years. Yeah, exactly. Between Conzo, Donnie, and Rick. And this is after you had a guy that probably would still be here if he hadn't messed himself over in, in Bruce Pearl. Yeah, see, if you were making kind if of, he could have stayed out of trouble this long, if you were to make a, a Venn diagram, and, and this is when you look at an organization when things aren't going so well, what, one of the easiest things to do. It's like when you're going to have when Tennessee's going to have a a new head coach in something we've been able to to usually have the guy who is going to be the next head coach we usually could pin him in the first eight or ten or so names on day one but not because we're smart we're not you just look at who makes sense who is available who would want it who what kind of financial parameters are they talking about you know so you can usually get an idea that that's an easy way to do that and when I'm looking at whether something's going well or something's going poorly, you just draw a Venn diagram, and you look at everyone who was in the, the situation, the university, the athletic department. You look at everyone involved in those colossal blunders. And what you start to see is there are a couple of names that are prominently involved in all of those decisions. It's not many. There's, there's a few names does one does does one of the names rhyme with Maztam? Might <laughs> it uh, might? I, Grant made a point that you know when you see this much turnover, it's above all you know. It's above the chancellor and, and the AD and all that. Yes. I mean, at what point does Joe DiPietro have to? That was one of the names. I mean, would he be a guy that you know? It probably, honestly, would surprise me if he you know wasn't around that much longer. Yeah, I think he's going to be gone in like a year or so anyway. So. Yeah, that's step into a nice retirement, right? Yeah, probably. I'm sure he'll Full get full retirement. A, for, probably he'll get some sort of a great. And if he does get fired or something, it'll probably be a great severance package. And that's that's, that's the what thing. That's, it's not just the turnover; it's the staggering numbers of millions of millions of millions of millions of dollars they've paid in buyouts that they've paid people to go away. Yeah, and, and you look at it, and, and what are the names? And again, th- this is not putting blame on any. And now, in and now you've got direction. The, no, what this is doing though is you look at who was involved. Who was involved? And now you've got the board of trustees. It's going to be that that structure is changing too now, right? Yep. And who's involved in that? So Maslam. You're looking at. There's a couple <laughs> situations here. A couple names. You look at Joe DiPietro, who's been the president through a lot of this, and then you have to look at the most prominent supporters financially of the university and of the athletic department, and everyone knows their names. Everyone knows their names. It's the Haslam's, it's the Andersons. There, there are names that people know, and they don't get to make all the decisions. They really don't. People think they do. They don't. Now they get a huge say in it. But you, 
again, it's like I'm not saying I'm not saying this is exactly who you blame because I've not been in those rooms. I, I don't know. I have to go based on what people tell me. And you try to get the opinions of everyone involved, and then you put it together that way. And what you see here are a couple of, a few names that are consistently involved in this. And at some point, and, and, and when one of those families, and again, this is just perhaps common sense. People can't get away from the fact that the Haslam family does also run maybe the most inept run franchise in all of professional sports. Head on the come up, though, with your boy Baker. Dude's a winner, man. He goes by Bake. When, when he, what was his last college game? How'd that go? Yeah, because most people, you know, do so great in their, their they, last game. They, ch- they choked away. Uh, uh, what was the lead? The people didn't think they'd be in the game. You're conveniently leaving out that. Now you're just rationalizing. However, I think it's fair to say that there are problems with people near the very top of the University of Tennessee structure who are making decisions that quite clearly, even if they're qualified to make them, they are terrible at doing them. And what concerns me now is that you're talking about streamlining the board of trustees, which is one of those great business terms for we want fewer people making the decisions around here. And when you by, by doing that, you put more power into the hands of some people whose decision making in the past has been questionable. Is there any other way to put that? I mean, if, if there is, I'll gladly listen. Negative. So what can you deduce from this? They need some different people making decisions. That seems pretty clear to me. They just need... But it doesn't sound like that's going to happen. No. And that's where and you So the cycle, at, this is just, it's just going to be over and over again. Because we're going to keep making this Venn diagram, and the same people near the top are going to be the same ones making the decisions. What is insanity? What is insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Being awake after Will of Fortune. Both of those things uh, in some, some, some societies. Some, some, some extrapolation. Some, some extrapolative Exasperate. situations. Big words. <laughs> You're just saying words at this point, aren't yeah. you? <laughs> Investigate. Curmudgeon. Refrigerator. I don't know what any of these words mean. But I mean, yeah, you're right. The the proof is <laughs> right in front of you. And, 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 and yeah, if you're ten, there's if, too much money involved. It's it's too proud of an athletic department to be this bad for this prolonged period of time. I mean, there have been high spots in the last decade. It's I mean, it's not been the you know there there have been good moments for certain programs, men's basketball, women's basketball. But as a as a whole, as a collective unit, you can't be this bad for this long at this kind of place and not go as far up the ladder as you need to go to figure out what's wrong. And these decisions are made by people who very much love the university yes. and the athletic department. They love it as much as anyone. They're willing to put their money where their mouth is, and they got a lot of money. So you do have to listen to them because they do have money, and it's like, well, you can complain about this all you, you can complain about this dinner all you want, but uh, uh, I'll just go away and you won't have anything to eat. So. You know, at that point, it becomes like, okay, well, all of a sudden, this does taste better. But it, it's just, it, it's tough 
to look at it and see how this changes. How, how, how this gets better. Because the people who are making these decisions quite clearly are not making good ones. So what you have to do at that point, I mean, these people, it took a full-fledged revolt. And I don't mean just within the fan base. I mean within the University of Tennessee Athletic Department, within other boosters, within other circles. Fans can take a lot of credit for this. They can't take all of it because uh, if the people who had a bunch of money also weren't happy, you know, if if everybody in that building – was happy with it, it then, then anything that would have happened outside the building would not have mattered. They would have said, take it and, and, you know, eat this and like it. They would not have cared because you've seen unpopular hires before where they've said, I know what I'm doing and you don't. However, fans, th- that, that, that did play a part in it. It certainly did. But this same core group of people was really, really close to making a hire that at least from a PR standpoint, would have been a nightmare. An absolute nightmare. Until it took action from a lot of people to step up and get that changed. And then, when you look like, okay, this is what you got now. And let's not pretend Davenport was perfect. She very clearly wasn't. You just hear the woman speak sometimes in public, and you go, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. That is, who told you to say this? This is, you know... And, and I can believe, I don't think DiPietro is a complete moron. I really don't. You ever sit down and talk to the guy? He's really not a moron, I don't think. And he clearly laid out some things in here that I'm sure he can document legally if he needs to, to say, I asked you to do this, you didn't. I asked you to do that. Okay. But let's also be real about this and say that if any boss anywhere wanted to come up with a list of reasons why he or she needs to fire someone, they could come up with those reasons. It might not be seven. It might be three. But that's all you need. You can come up with reasons if you want to fire someone. But I, I, I don't. I don't know that this is the right time to do that. I don't know how you fix it above the chancellor level because that's not my level of expertise. I don't think it's anybody who covers sports level of expertise. At that point, you're getting to you're getting to government. You're levels, getting yeah. into high dollar, mm-hmm. high dollar government situations you're talking about and the people that have the money and and are part of that decision making process don't aren't held accountable because their names aren't made public they're not involved in the uh the stuff that's on the record and the stuff that can be uh freedom of information act requested i mean those those guys act and say this much about the the radar because they can say this much about the haslams they don't hide no their names on their names on every building on that campus. They're not hiding. People but, know who they the are. But the way you fix it, if you're the, the most straightforward, easiest way, is you hope and you pray. If you're UT, UT athletic department employee, that Jeremy Bruett is as good of a head coach as he is a defensive mind, defensive yeah. coordinator, and he has the kind of success that he's had the last ten years as a college coach. Because when you're winning, it doesn't matter what's going on. I mean, look at the enrollment numbers at Alabama since they threw truckloads of cash at Nick Saban a decade ago. I mean, it is a completely different – you hope that Rick Barnes keeps having seasons like they had last year. That tide lifted – I mean, that horrible – I don't really want to pun, but I don't know another way to put this. A rising tide lifts all boats. I mean, they they 
that brings up everything. Are you, are you a fountain or a drain? Are you a fountain or a drain? If you have a winning football program. I'm a drain. In the Southeastern Conference <laughs> that wins at an elite level, you, I don't think anybody's going to be another Alabama for a long time, but wins at an elite level, uh, you have more money through ticket and sales and advertising and, and just everything, retail, than you've ever had before. You're, yeah. you're, I mean, the whole university flourishes. You're building other stuff in the academic parts of campus. Enrollment numbers go crazy. That's what you hope for. You hope you finally didn't strike out on a football coach. And, and, and you need a guy, I think. And you hope that Philip Fulmer's... That's what, that's what I was going to get to, is Fulmer. ...being is stable, doing the job he wants to do, that he, for the university, he loves for as long as he wants to do it. And when he leaves, that it's a ten times more desirable position to bring in more elite people to run this place but but it starts with winning you've got to win football games well the only way that people could have and again i this is not a political comment this is just a matter of fact comment the only way that people could have done anything about the board of trustee change was to put more pressure on their representatives at the state level to vote the other way on that bill that was the only way they could have done it was the only way you can enact any change if you don't have a ton of money and you're trying to make some change in athletics or politics or anything, you just call and call and call and call and you ask them and tell them, I know what you're doing and I'm not okay with it. That's the only thing you can do. That's the only thing you can do. You can vote, you, you, you can, you can vote or you can put pressure on the people who you voted for or against. That's the only thing that you can do. Uh, And if you're talking about it from a, like if you're trying to look at this from a glass half full perspective, if that's the way you're trying to look at it, which again, we, you know, we, we like it when people look at it that way because this is a more fun town to live in when people are, uh, you know, it's kind of a one-track town in that when when that, it's like Austin, Texas. You know, it, it's a pro-size market without a pro team. So the college team dictates kind of how everything in a town goes. And, and people say all the time, I don't care who wins or loses, but when Tennessee wins, the people around me are happier, you know. The, my neighbors are happier. The site is happier. You know, people at red lights in this town are happier. You go out to a bar in this town or go get dinner with your family, people are happier. It just It's better for everybody when they win, so go out there and win. If you're trying to look at it from that perspective, this is all I've got, and I don't know how much it is to, to, to hope on, but it's something. You have to hope that you make hires that are good enough to save you from yourself. That's the only, that's the only thing that you have to hire people who are so good at what they do that no matter what you do, you can't screw them up. That's that's what you got to hope for because when you look at Tennessee's track record right now, yeah, that's what you have but, to hope but for. But how many of those people out there are there? Not a ton. I mean, in college football, how many See, we're trying to be, we're, coaches we're, we're are? looking to be positive, and here you go, just bring everybody down. Well, I'm just saying you want to say you're you, a drain. You, you you're a drain. We're trying to fountain I'm it up saying, over here. You're talking about hiring elite people. Well, how many elite people are there, and why would they leave where they have become elite to be here? Oh, yeah. No, you have to hope I that mean, the people that you've hired will that's become non, that. That's almost nonsensical. I mean... No, I think you can hope. When you hire someone who's not proven, I, I think they've they, also not proven that they suck. They, 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 they've they well, not proven that they're good, but they I, might be I think really the good. glass half full reason is because you've, you, you, you've got a guy in Philip Former that has given his life to this university. He wants nothing more than to see Tennessee football back where it was. He wants nothing more than to see Tennessee's athletic department from top to bottom where it was and where 100%. he's seen it. And you've got to—I mean, he—he he loves his university and has, frankly, how long is you know, how long has he wanted the chance to be in the position he's in now? Yeah, um, and it's kind of that—it's kind of that movie ending now. He's kind of had that hero moment, and, 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 then, and then it kind of went bad, and now he can go back up and, and have it again. And he's seen what it's like when you have people 
at the athletic department level, at the you know you had the right coaches in, you had the right people, and you know you have a president on board with athletics being good. You know he's seen it when everybody is, as he said so many times, pulling in the right direction, yeah. rowing in the right direction. I don't know if they got a Joe Johnson over there right now though. Well, they don't have anybody right now because they just they just removed her. So um, he's seen it when it's all been going the right direction. And if anyone knows how to get it back to that, it's him. And if anybody has the uh, am I using this word the cachet to <laughs> yeah or the panache whatever it is both would work um, to get to get that you know to get results done it's it's him he's the guy that's uh, he carries weight with uh, the big money people yeah not everybody you know maybe some of them had some the bodies are buried yeah maybe I mean maybe some yeah. of the big money people had a lot to do with him getting fired but you know it's been. You need to make you it's need been to make a, a body disappear. He, he can tell you where to it's go. He knows the it. bad guys just like he knows the good guys. It's been a decade. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's, you know, we we've seen him, and Pruitt said this a couple times back in February that Fulmer has never told him no. You look at you look at Tennessee. I mean, they, you look at the sports staff. Pruitt said not to have had any positions, but they've obviously made a lot of changes. Um, the staff is making you know they're paying the staff a lot of money. Um, yeah, and they just spent. Lord knows how much on another, you know, a new weight room. Do they need new weights, new weight equipment? Probably not. Every weight, every strength and conditioning coach comes in thinking that the <laughs> entire weight room before was just stupid. It has to be changed. I mean, yeah, it's but, honestly, it's like HGTV uh, as soon as a new strength and conditioning coach comes in. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's just the point is, is that they're sinking money in, into the program and they're giving. I'm looking for more shabby chic. Out they're, of this they're, giving, they're giving the head coach the resources that he needs. That's the point. But bottom line, look at it this way. Rick Barnes has been here since March 2015. He's on his third athletic director. He's on his third chancellor. And the future of the men's basketball program couldn't really look brighter. Because yep. they, they went from 16 wins the year before to 26 wins the next season. From no postseason to a number three seed in the NCAA tournament. A share of the SEC regular season title. Play for an SEC tournament title. And all of the storm that's gone around the program. Three chancellors, three athletic directors. It, nobody cares because they're winning, and they have the same team coming back basically next year to play again. These guys aren't going anywhere. And when Rick walks in the building every day, he he looks like nothing's bothering and him it's because, because he knows they're winning. And it's because he's a good basketball coach. He's obviously Jeremy Fruit's not nearly as proven as a guy like Rick Barnes who's done it for the, basically as long as Jeremy's been alive. Yeah, he's old. That's, he is old. If you're listening, Rick, and you're not because it's a podcast and you don't know what that is, you are old. But they are very alike in the way they want to develop their players. They don't want to do a ton of public stuff. They just want to coach their guys, be in the building, develop their programs, and win. They want to recruit, win, develop players. That's it. And, I mean, it's like Al Davis said. I mean, he's in the locker room after the Super Bowl, and he said, we got good coaches, we got good players, just win, baby. That's it. Just win. If you win, everything else takes care of itself. Yeah, we'll get on out of here, but I do think that that – we just came up with a really good idea for an interview that we need to do with Rick Barnes where we start asking him just random pop culture things and see what he does and doesn't know. Or what, be like, what Rick. What does Rick Barnes know? Yeah, be like, Rick, uh, how many podcasts have you listened to? Uh, second question, do you know what a podcast is? Stump Richard Dell Barnes. Yeah. We could just start making stuff up and see who's going to be like, yeah, yeah, I know what that is. Yeah. No, you don't. Like Rick, uh, have you have you heard that? I think that in I think it's in where is it? It's in I think it's in China that they've actually they think they're going to do time travel soon. Have you have you heard about this? He'd be like, 
Yeah, you know, I'm sure someone's on NPR or something. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> you just wouldn't know. Elon Musk is cloning people. Have you heard of him? Yeah. Do Do you know? Actually, do you know what cloning is? You can go to Mars if you pay enough money. Do you want to go? How many animals have been cloned at this point successfully, Rick? Just Just give us an answer. I made the mistake after the caravan media stuff with Rick to ask him about if he got his favorite hot dog while he was in Chattanooga. Oh, he loves that place. And he went on for like five minutes to the point where Tennessee personnel were like trying to hurt him. And he was thinking, he was trying to tell me, uh, there's this chicken place just down the road. I can't remember what the name of it is, but you need to go. If you go, man, you'll be flying back down the road and all this stuff. And they were like, <laughs> Rick, we got to go. Let's go. So. <laughs> He's like, get him on, turn on the mic. He's like, he's a man of the people. He's like, if you go to this chicken place, you will not want anyone in the car with you for that drive back. Let me tell you that. And it was uh, circled back, and by the end of the night, he'd remembered it was Champies. So, whatever. There you go. (laughs) There you go. Thanks for listening, guys. We rambled a little bit, but you know what? This is the time of year to do that. This is the rambling on time of the year. Not as many things to talk about. So, we have to do what, guys? extrapolate go to bed we also have to do that we don't have to watch any more Preds hockey though. look at you are a you are just a hater a jerk do you know how many people you just offended right there how many how many I think it's amazing that I lasted this long without bringing up the Preds Memphis hates Nashville and their demise. Nashville hates Memphis hey I'm, did you guys see that Mike Singletary is going to be the head coach of the new uh, American Alliance of Football franchise in Memphis I didn't even know that that was a thing until we're, I read We're going to dominate. I can't it. wait. Can't win with them. Don't want them. Can't coach them. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We're just going to. Just wait till they these players. And uh, we will mention this next week, but congratulations to all the guys who graduated. Shout out to Brian Randolph and Mark West North for coming back and getting their degrees. Yeah, they did. Kudos to them. And also, uh, kudos to Parker Henry, Tennessee's holder. Was He's like the, the smartest guy alive. Yeah, he was the top graduate. Smarter than Billy Madison. In Tennessee's business college this year. Congratulations. Okay, that Dobbs. is. Yeah. Holders are people, too. How about that? Smart people, too. You know what, Dobbs? When you need somewhere to go to manage your money, you know where you're going to go? Parker Henry. Or just give it to us. We know what to do with it. Pat, any final thoughts? Nope.